Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark and it's Friend Friday on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. I'm continuing our review of our new book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Empowered Woman, which has created a lot of buzz. And you can understand why, as it includes stories from women of all ages and all walks of life discussing how they found their confidence and their courage and their true selves. Now, Deborah Schaus, who was one of our regular writers, wrote a story for this book, and we're going to discuss that story and also another topic where she is an expert, and that is tips for people who are caregivers for their family members who have Alzheimer's or other forms of dementia. So, Deborah, welcome to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Thank you, Amy. I'm so delighted to be talking to you. So Deborah has an MBA, but she says she only uses it in emergencies, which I think is very funny. And she <laughs> she's really an accomplished writer. Her stories have appeared in Reader's Digest, Newsweek, Family Circle, Woman's Day, The Washington Post. And she's been featured in dozens of anthologies, um, including many times in Chicken Soup for the Soul books. She also facilitates the Kansas City Star's FYI Book Club, and she writes their weekly love story column, which sounds like fun. And also, she's the author of a wonderful book that is so helpful. It's called Love in the Land of Dementia, Finding Hope in the Caregiver's Journey. And I want to talk about that. But first, let's start with this story that you wrote for Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Empowered Woman, which is not at all about dementia, but is about something a lot happier. That's right. This is a story that takes place in my gym, and I have a very eclectic gym where you don't have to have matching outfits, and you kind of go as you are, and there is a guy in my gym who is the DJ of the early morning group, and so the story is about dancing and my lifelong desire to have an elegant ballroom dance partner who would lift me out of my flat-footedness and whirl me around a dance floor. And the story, the empowering part of the story, is about coming to terms with being my own dance partner. And this is something I have to learn over and over again, but it was fun learning it in the guise of dancing. Yeah, you said in your story that your beloved partner, Ron, who we hear about in a lot of your stories, was very uncomfortable when you mentioned dancing. And I know sometimes we women just have to do something on our own because our partners are not ever going to enjoy doing it. And we just have to accept that. That is true. And I think for me, the, the moment of empowerment was when I let go of my expectations which I have been practicing my whole adult life, and I still have them. 
and I let go and I thought, okay, I can be my own perfect dance partner. And so it was really fun to share this story with you all and, and to write it as well. So you said in your story that eventually you convinced Ron to try, but he really didn't want to do it. He said, well, I will if it's important to you. And that frustrated you. And then you thought to yourself, well, wait, how important is this? And so tell us what happened after that. Well, once I had that very grown-up thought, I realized, I mean, I love dancing. And I love dancing. We were doing line dancing. I learned line dancing from some of the members of the gym. So I love doing that. It's not a partner dance. And when I thought about it, I realized I was just as happy being in my jeans and sweats and tennis shoes, dancing with a bunch of women, as I might have been with my imaginary fantasy dance partner. And that was a aha moment for me. Yeah, and I think also you were giving yourself permission to do something that people think they have to do with their romantic partner, and yet you don't have to do it with your husband or boyfriend or partner. You can do it on your own with new friends and a, a new circle of people. That is so right. And I think once I let go of that, kind of that old desire from, you know, growing up and watching the Cinderella movies, that um, I felt much freer on the subject. I think that's good. That's one of the ways we become empowered is when we find some independence to do things on our own. We are going to take a quick break now. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Deborah some more and get some tips from her for those of us who are caregivers for somebody in our family who has dementia. Okay, we're back with Deborah Schaus, who is going to help those of us who are caring for an elderly relative, especially one with some form of dementia. All right, so you and I have talked about this in the past, and I did that Alzheimer's book, and I've read what you've written. Can you give us some great tips for how to soldier through this experience of caring for somebody with dementia? I know I'm doing it right now, and I know you have a lot of experience in this area, and you've counseled a lot of people. Well, I'd love to share some tips, and I gathered these tips from my own experiences, the things I stumbled through, and from also listening to a lot of care partners and people with dementia. Amy, I think one tip is to talk about what you're going through. I didn't do that in the beginning because I didn't feel people were interested, and so I isolated myself unnecessarily. But I think sharing their stories, and of course, that's one of the joys of the Chicken Soup books, is you've given a lot of us opportunities to share those stories so other people know they are not alone, and that together, this is a much more joyous and fascinating experience. So that's one thing. Another thing is to ask for help, um, to engage certainly your family members and friends who oftentimes, like for me, I had a friend who loved coming with me to visit my mom when she was in the home, and that was a joy to me. So I had another energy with me when I was visiting my mom, and my friend got to, she looked at my mom in a new way, 
than I did, and that helped me look at my mom in a new way. So those are two things. Um, do those seem useful to you, Amy, in your situation that you're going through? Oh, yeah. In my office, I have a coworker who's who's going through the same thing that I am, and we talk about it all the time, and we really inject a lot of humor into it. I mean, we tell stories, and we end up laughing at each other's stories because there is always that fine line between tragedy and comedy, especially when it comes to having an elderly relative with dementia, and you got to move on to the humor side of things, even if it's kind of a black humor. I I love it. Um, The other thing, I have a newer book, Amy, it's called Connecting in the Land of Dementia. It's creative activities to explore together. And in interviewing 70 people for that book, I learned that creativity and imagination can be very present, even when the rational mind isn't working as well. So, um, to use music, um, laughter is a great thing. Well, Ron and I have been doing laughter yoga sessions with people who are living with dementia, and it's essentially no yoga, traditional postures, but inviting people to do gentle gestures, laughing exercises. It is great fun, and so that's something you can incorporate into your visits, and it boosts the energy One of our friends we visited who is living with dementia, we had about a 15-minute laughing session with her, and she said her mind felt clearer than it had in weeks. So that's pretty exciting. So I think another thing is, um, and Amy, you and the Chicken Soup books are so good good at this, is to look at what you have and not what you've lost. So to really try to appreciate the person who is there now just as you would if a person had a physical um, change and you would be appreciating what they could still do. The same with someone who's living with dementia to notice that even if they can't speak as clearly as they could, they can still smile and laugh, um, to, to enjoy what they have to offer and meet them where they are. Yeah, I, I see that. And I, one thing that I've noticed is that my father has become so much nicer and it's as if it's as if dementia has shaved off all the hard edges and it has just left the love exposed. You know, it's like you're whittling something down and the love was at the core of it. Yeah. And you whittle away a lot of the yeah. other extraneous stuff. He expresses his appreciation and love for for me and my two siblings so much. He's always saying thank you. He's not at all demanding. He's so appreciative for everything that we do. And, and actually, when somebody's like that, you want to do even more for them. But it's really, right. it's really been nice. I'm really clinging to that as a wonderful uh, benefit. This, this love that was always inside him has now been brought to the surface because the, a lot of the other stuff has been stripped away. Yes. And I think you bring up such an important thing. You know, I had the same experience with my mom. She, um, I, I loved her deeply, and she was very judgmental when her rational mind was in full bloom, and she became more playful. And that playful part of her that had been suppressed since she was a child came out, and that was there with her till almost her last day. So I love what you said about just noticing you know, there's new emotions. It's a new relationship with someone you've known all your life. And there's an excitement to that as well. 
Yeah, I think there is. So I love these tips so far. Talk to your friends about it or your relatives. Ask for help. Use laughter and look at what you have, not not what you've lost. And you might even not just be looking at what is left, but new things that you have that you didn't have before. New things, yes. One one more key thing is to take care of yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, talk about empowered women and men. But we all know, but we all forget that if we aren't nurturing ourselves in many ways, we can't be there for other people. One of the things I did, I had a list of 10 things that I guaranteed to make me happy that t- took 10 minutes or less that I carried around when I was um, care- partnering with my mom. And I would take that out every day and make myself do one of those things, even when I thought I don't have enough time. And that really helped me. That is such a great idea. So give us an example of a couple of those 10-minute things that you forced yourself to enjoy. All right. So one would be just to sit and read for five or 10 minutes. Another thing, eat chocolate. (laughs) Okay. So that always makes me happy. Go outside and take a walk. Call a friend. I also like to make like really quick collages so I could pick a magazine and tear out hopeful, pretty pictures or words and quickly paste them, have something visual to look at that reminded me of sort of a vision I had. So those were a few of the things on my list, a list of, you know, listen to favorite songs. Those always boost a person's spirit, laugh, do something silly. And, and that helped me a lot. Because you do forget, you get so sunk into the um, overwhelm and uh, you want to be such a good uh, daughter or son or a friend or spouse that you forget that being that is really nurturing and taking care of yourself. Well, I love those tips. And I was just looking through the list of the at least 15 stories that I've published that you've written over the last 10 years that I've been publisher, and and maybe I've even left some (laughs) off the list. And all of your stories contain such great advice, such wisdom, so many tips. So thank you so much for being part of the Chicken Soup for the Soul family. I am so excited every time I see a new story from you. Uh, Where can people find out about you on the internet? Do you have a website or a Twitter handle or anything like that? Yes. I do. Um, Every two weeks, I publish something on DementiaJourney.org, and that's a a site for people who are care partners and want um, hopeful, concrete tips for having more fun in this journey. And then I also have a lot of information about myself on that site, and I'm at my Twitter is at Deborah Schaus. So DementiaJourney.org. Twitter is at Deborah Schaus. Deborah, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it was a joy, Amy, and thank you for including me in the Chicken Soup family. It's a really meaningful part of my life. Thanks, everybody, for listening today to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. You can go to our website, chickensoup.com, to learn more about the book that Deborah's latest story appears in, Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Empowered Woman. Come back Monday, which is Memorial Day, for a look at what it's like when a soldier deploys and has to say goodbye to his or her family. It's a good reminder of why we celebrate this holiday.
our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>